Good morning from Spring Hill United Methodist Church. We are gathered once again in this unique way to offer the gospel, the sermon scripture, and to share a message on this beautiful morning here in the season of Lent. As you know, the seasons have changed. We are in springtime, and we are praying um, for a wonderful spring. Uh, God is blessing us here at Spring Hill in many, many ways. Um, I know that we have other things that we're concerned about, but today we're going to look at how can we stay positive in the midst of a troubling time. But first, we'll start out with a prayer, so let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, as we gather here on this beautiful morning that you have given, we thank you for the creation that you have made and how blessed it is for us to be a part of this creation. You breathe into us the breath of life. You made it possible for us to live our lives. And Lord, though we are challenged, this is a time we depend more on you. We turn to you and ask for your favor and your grace. Lord, will you please grant your grace in every way that we may see these days soon pass and us enter into well, the spirit of spring. We thank you for the blessings of faith, of family, of fellowship. And we reach across um, in a spiritual closeness in this moment, knowing that we are all in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew, the 7th chapter, starting at the 24th verse. I found this scripture uh, so about a week ago after I did the last sermon, and I was thinking how can we um, look past the storm that we're in? And then this scripture, Jesus uh, is sharing the Sermon on the Mount, and he's sharing this wonderful text uh, about our foundation. And he says there in the 24th verse, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this scripture, Jesus is helping us to understand that in our lives we have, well, foundations. And these foundations are the basis of our belief, of our living, of our doing. Even the house we live in, even the car we drive has a chassis. For us to have a life that is successful, we have to know where and how to build on solid foundations. And that is what he is describing here. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's important to understand that Jesus is using this illustration to describe the Christian faith as listening to him. That seems to make sense. Being a Christian, we are followers of Christ and we are building our faith and we have built our faith upon the solid rock of Christ. So he says that when we hear God, 
This is a time that we must listen for God. We must listen for God through the silence, through the isolation, through the loneliness, through the fear, through the troubles. This is a time that if we listen, we'll hear God speaking in powerful ways. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and then does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So what is the most important that we are dealing with now is that God has caused this society, this society that has advancements and advantages more than any society that has ever lived on a global scale, I thought about this during the week of how we had lived in an illusion during this age that we're in. We actually felt like somehow we had distanced ourselves from uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, of war, of famine, of pestilence, uh, of all the other uh, parts of, you know, the things that are judgment. And here we find ourselves as a nation, as a world, being forced to our knees. I know some would rebel and say, no, we have not. We still have our science, our technology, and those are all good things. God gives us those things to better understand and live the life we are called to live. But we have to understand that we are being forced to our knees, not in a humiliating way, but we are being forced to our knees in a way of prayer. And that's important that we see uh, the nature of prayer. I was reading about the great influenza epidemic of 1918 and how even churches were closed then. And in particular, there was a church closed up in Baltimore and the sheriff uh, went and arrested some ladies who still attended the church in spite of it being closed. And they were being booked at the local sheriff's department in 1918. And he couldn't book them because they all were speaking in tongues. They were a holiness church. And I thought about the ladies were released because they wouldn't give their names. They only spoke in tongues. It is hard to, you know, step aside and step apart. But we have to understand that when we build our life upon the rock of Jesus, we are not being distanced from God. So this social distancing, this new concept that has become so dominant, we need to respond with spiritual closeness. We need to understand that uh, God is closer to us now than he has ever been because our foundation is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And then Jesus describes what happens in life. It is true that in this age we live in, all these things that we have, we still deal with fundamentals of life and death. And he said here in the 25th verse, And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now he, he's showing us how things happen in life. The rain falls. The rain causes the floods to come. And then the winds blow and beat on the house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. These are times that indeed test us and our faith, and we're called to depend on God and to think of a positive way that we can live our lives in a positive way. So how do we live our life in a positive way? We understand our life is resting upon the faith that we keep in Christ Jesus. Um, 
And he says here in the 26th verse, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. So he's describing a person who builds the house on the rock as a positive way of understanding that we are in God and God is supporting us and loving us and caring for us and putting a shield of protection around us, a hedgerow of protection around us. But there are many this day and age who do not hear these words of Christ. They do not do what these words say, which is depend on him. And they are foolish in that they are building their house, their life, upon the sand. They're trusting other things instead of trusting God. Now, what does that mean to trust God? Does it mean that we do not live in the world? We are not susceptible to things of the world? No, it means that we live in the world, but not of the world. For we belong to God. And God is supporting us and is providing for us and loving us in ways uh, that are just going beyond what we could even understand now. Like that great poem that, you know, just footprints in the sand, and they look and they see only one set of footprints, and there's only one, and, and the person wonders, well, where is Jesus? And Jesus says, I'm the one carrying you. And right now, Christ is carrying us. There's only one set of footprints in the sand. And we're praying for those breakthroughs and the vaccines and the treatments. We're praying that there is a moment that the seasons and perhaps the weather will change this virus in a different way so it's not so difficult. But we have to understand there's more to life than just this virus. There is our spiritual life. There is our daily prayer. There is our spiritual devotion. Uh, of us being able to gather. In fact, after that influenza epidemic, what happened is there was a trend in America of a great awakening that happened spiritually. Churches were full because uh, this great plague had suddenly ended and people uh, were turning back to God. In fact, it was during that time that they started building a lot of the prayer altars that people put in their houses and every day they would go and they would kneel down on a prayer altar made of wood, a little prayer altar, and there they would pray and they would lay their petitions and intercessions, their prayers, so God could be able to uh, have a presence. And I challenge you to find a, a sacred space a spiritual uh, it's a space for you to be able to know that God is in your house. Your house is built upon a rock and no storm can ever wash it away. And we pray for those who are foolish, as Jesus says, who have not built their house upon the rock but on the sand. And it describes again, he says, and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, as I was examining this scripture and how do we do this, how do we accept this authority that Jesus is showing, in the next verse, even though we're stopping with the scriptural part of the lesson, Jesus says, he finished these sayings and the crowds were astonished at his teachings for he was teaching them as one who had authority. See, the authority of Jesus is the authority of God. And God is love. And how do we know that? Well, let's look. I was, I was amazed when I did a quick uh, 
It's a review. I don't only look at the Scripture I'm preaching. I look at the Scripture before it, and I look at the Scripture after it. And the one after it is unbelievable. Immediately, Jesus, He comes down from the Sermon on the Mount. He shares the authority of God on that mountain, but when He comes down off the mountain, He immediately, in the 8th chapter, cleanses a leopard. He heals a man who is sick, and, and, and he needs to be healed. And he continues here in that 14th verse. He heals many, it says, when he goes to Peter's house. And then it continues in the 28th verse of the 8th chapter. He heals two men with demons. Uh, Not only do we need healing of the body, we need healing of the mind. We need healing of the soul. And not only does he heal them, he then heals a man who is not able to walk there at the end of the 8th chapter. And then he climbs into a boat in the ninth chapter and he continues and he restores a young girl to life. And then the 18th verse of the ninth chapter, he heals a woman who uh, needs to be healed. And then he heals in the 27th verse of the ninth chapter, he heals two blind men. And I was thinking about that when I was reading these scriptures that followed our sermon scripture, the Son of God who came down from heaven to heal us spiritually of our sin, which he conquered on the cross, and even death he conquered on the cross. But what does he do? Whoever hears my word and does it. And what did Jesus do? He looked with compassion upon us. And he realized that we're born in a broken world with a broken way. And for us to build our house upon the rock, we have to trust in Christ in all things. And what does God Almighty do in his Son in that powerful, beautiful way? He cares for the littlest of things. This virus is so little you can't even see it. It's microscopic. Yet, It is larger than any threat that we've seen in a long, long time. There have been other times with the polio epidemic. My father had polio from that epidemic, by the way, and I was reading about that and how it affected where they closed the pools and closed the churches. So we have been down this road before, and before that, the Infusema epidemic, and then there was MERS, and there was SARS even in the past few decades. These other viruses... These little things that we think are not insignificant. But how great is the little bit of faith. How great is the love of God in our lives. That all it takes is a little hope. And hope allows us to see past the moment that we're in. I um, have a good friend. His name is Dr. Leonard Sweet. He is my mentor in so many ways. I worked with him for years up at Drew Seminary. And Dr. Swede, um, he's retired now. He's written uh, many, many books. Soul Tsunami, probably one of the greatest, but he's written so many books about the church and the coming of the age. And he tweeted the other day, and I saw the tweet, and it really just was unbelievable. He said, many will ask the question, how many Christians will corona affect? And others will ask the question, how would the church respond to this plague? But I asked the question, what are we going to do with all the corona babies that are going to be born? (laughs) See, what you maybe don't know is that Dr. Sweet has his PhD in history. 
And according to history studies, when there have been other plagues and other viruses and other epidemics, there's always been a baby boom that has followed the epidemic. And what he's asking is, what is the church going to do with all these babies that are going to be born uh, out of this epidemic, that people would choose life instead of death, they would choose hope instead of hopelessness. And it was a profound text, just a profound tweet he sent out, stating, we need to look beyond the storm. And that's what he says here. He says, when you build your house on the rock, then the rains fall, but you look through the rain. And the floods come, and you prepare for the floods. And the winds blow, and you realize that they cannot blow away the house upon which you build your life. When I lived on the Outer Banks, when we had Hurricane Irene and all the troubles that went with that, and that storm that affected the Outer Banks in so many ways. And, uh, and I remember that I asked one of the uh, people with FEMA who was at the church, and we set up a, it's a warehouse distribution. We helped people recover. We had work teams, all these things. That I asked him, I said, well, where does the damage come from? Is it the wind? And he said, no, it's the water. He said the wind damage, unless it's a Category 4 or 5, it's usually water for like a category one, two, and three. And it's interesting, Jesus uses this idea of the wind and the rain, of, of the idea of things that affect us and things that touch us, and how we're to know that these things are, are not the spiritual forces because in the beginning, there was God moving over the face of the water with the spirit, the wind. And it was creating life in the midst of chaos. So there will be some who choose the chaos. And I feel not sorry for them, but I feel sad for them that they would build their house upon the sand. Because the storms come in life. But I praise God when uh, a family builds its house upon the rock. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we trust in you and your authority. Help us to continue to construct and build our house upon the rock. Let your faith be uh, in us that we are believing in you. Lord, help us and forgive us for our weakness, for our sorrow, and give us the strength that we can Make it glorious, this life we live, knowing that you are providing not just healing of our souls, but healing of our bodies and healing of our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to make mention that we do not know what the circumstances are as we continue, but we do know that there are certain things uh, with the governor and others. You'll get a phone call this week. Uh, you know, about the circumstances, but uh, uh, certainly um, we're going to follow uh, the rules of, of the church, and we're called in the church to, uh, to do good and to do no harm and to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, all of our being. Uh, and it's important that uh, we realize that every day that we give uh, it time is a day closer to the treatment and the vaccine. And every day is a day closer for us to uh, be able to 
realize that our house is solid and built upon the rock. You have a blessed day, and God bless you from Spring Hill United Methodist Church.